只不過係一個中國人。彼は日本人です。Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lugdahl Podcast. This is your host Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Just wanted to give a quick disclosure at the very beginning of this podcast that anything that I do or say or try to pronounce places, names,、uh, events,、uh, that type of thing,、um, it's probably going to be a little bit wrong just because、uh, I have no idea how to speak uh, uh, Chinese of any kind, and、uh, you know. Most of the names I will not be able to pronounce correctly, so I just want to give that a slight disclosure up front. And I, I mean anything that I say with、uh, the if Ip Man,、um, Ip Man movie reviews with the most respect. So any、um, anything that I get wrong with that,、uh, please forgive me on that end. Anyways, let's continue on. Ip Man two thousand eight. Let me just say from. Understanding what Ip Man was, I thought it was,、uh, you know, from coming from a Western culture, Ip Man sounds very foreign. Not knowing what what I'm talking in, what even I'm looking at, what I would be talking about,、um, just looking at the poster, not knowing it just looks like Donnie Yen looking about, looking like he's about to whoop.、Um, Netflix has done an excellent job curating itself. At least the United States Netflix has done an excellent job curating itself around some very、uh, well-known IP.、Um, I, I, IP, you know,、uh, when I not just Ip Man series, but uh, uh, property that has to do with Asian and、uh, Japanese and other.、Uh, More foreign, lesser-known martial arts films, and this is one of the、uh, Chinese martial arts films that I have found on Netflix. Mostly because I saw Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. It was the first movie I've seen Bruce Lee really、um, act in, and I had a wonderful time enough that I wanted to continue watching more martial arts films and kind of understanding about it. And I had absolutely no idea that Ip Man was based on the actual guy back in the day. Ip Man was、uh, was actually a real guy、um, born back in、um, wait a second nineteen、um, sorry eighteen ninety three. He was a Chinese martial artist and a grandmaster、uh, of the martial art Wing Chun, and so he was so good that、uh, he essentially became like the you know like it says the grandmaster enough where they were like all right so we got to have a movie about the guy that trained. This is I. This is sort of.、Um, I'll wait till the end of the the movie to to mention the major names of people that he's trained.、Um, but because I watched Enter the Dragon, Ip Man just naturally popped up into the feed, and I was like, "Oh wow!" So I had heard of Donnie Yen. I had seen him in a couple of Western movies, the、uh, 
Rogue One movie, I believe, has Donnie Yen in it. And I know that's like the most generic, uh, blockbustery ass Star Wars movie you could have probably mentioned. I know that, but uh, I had heard that you know it was he was a badass, and I had never really seen anything he was in. Um, so I decided to watch it after seeing maybe like a thirty second clip on Netflix. You know, they automatically play the trailers as you um are kind of scrolling over the movies. So I was like, I'm just going to continue the Bruce Lee slash um, action martial arts flicks and just continue on. And uh, I decided to watch It Man and uh, HT um, from Slash Film had, had talked about It Man and I had not really understood what the, the hype was about. And after watching it, I understand now. I mean, I it when... I kind of equate it to like when you see something being done on screen that you want to either be a part of the culture or, um, you know, learn more about the culture or at least continue watching the movies about the culture. The first it man does that. Um, just as let's just, I know this is kind of an apples to oranges kind of thing, but it man makes me want to learn about martial arts as in does the fast and furious first movie does it make me want to drive fast cars you know it it's kind of in the same realm and i think it um it does its job well when trying to um kind of convey that culture and understanding of uh the martial arts um so the Ip Man film is a 2008 Hong Kong biographical martial arts film based on the life of Ip Man, a grandmaster of the martial arts Wing Chun and teacher of, I'm going to save it till the end of the movie because they don't really, um, they don't, they don't um, mention it till the end of the movie. So I, I want to really hold back who he's who he has taught okay so the film focuses on the events of Ip's life that supposedly took place in the city of Foshan during the Sino-Japanese war the film was directed by Wilson Yip and stars Donnie Yen as Ip Man with martial arts choreography by Sammo Hung um I believe oh yeah so okay so from Sammo Hung um, the supporting cast, uh, all right, this is going to be a butcher. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to do it with, uh, with as much, uh, I'm going to do it with hundred percent respect, but I'm not going to promise that I'm going to be able to say these correct. So this, the cast includes Simon Yim, Lin Hung, Lim Kat Tung, Zing Yu, Hiroki Iruchi, and Tinma Shibuya. It is a co-production between China and Hong Kong, and it is the last film to be distributed by Mandarin Films. I'm kind of in the dark about who Mandarin Films is. It must be like a, a Chinese production company of some sort, or um, one of one of the two. Um, so, Ip Man is the first film in the Ip Man film series. It premiered on uh, in Beijing on December 10th. Uh, 2008 and was released theatrically in Hong Kong on the 19th of the same year um, widely spread uh, receiving widely widespread acclaim from critics and audiences before the film's released Raymond Wong announced that there would be a sequel um, a second installment titled Ip Man 2 to be released uh, April 
2010. So it sounds like very early into the making of Ip Man 1, they knew that they were going to have the Ip Man 2. They knew they might have had a, a hit on their hands. Ip Man 1 um, grossed over $21 million uh, worldwide, despite not being released in North America and most of Europe. Following its success, the film was nominated for 12 Hong Kong Film Awards, uh, winning awards for Best Film and Best Action Choreography. And I gotta say, the action in this first movie is extremely impressive. Like many, basically non-Western movies, um, think Korean, think Japanese, think Chinese, think pretty much any place that has really fast action um they are so much faster at what they are doing it looks like people are actually getting hit um people look like they are getting hit for our entertainment like is that guy okay is what i'm thinking about 90 percent of the time when these action scenes are happening so um continuing on um, this movie is, uh, 108 minutes. What is that? About two hours and 40 minutes or something like that. Um, let me see. I don't know. And hours. Why can't I think about what the... Yeah, hour 45. Sorry, I was trying to get the, uh budget up too. So the budget is um <clears throat> excuse me, 11 million on uh for this with a 21 million dollar return. Uh it's not exactly a lot. Um I guess if they would have shot it, you know, kind of close with It Man 2 and they probably it, I tell you what the problem was, it, they didn't release it worldwide. So or they didn't release it to North America and Europe. That was the problem. And so they're probably getting more money now for it. So um, director Wilson Yip, produced by Raymond Wong, written by Edmund Wong, Chan Ta Lee. Um, and I think Chan Ta Lee, was he one of the last uh, disciples of... No, I don't think he was. No, he's too young. No, I thought he was one of the last guys that got trained by the original it man i don't think it is um so yeah we have the plot coming up real quick and uh this is where we're gonna have to leave the people that have not seen it man one and some of the patreon members are going to get this early so i'm gonna get this fast and the non-edited version is on patreon.com slash lucky doll podcast thank you for watching listening lucky doll podcast and supporting the lucky doll podcast if you have any comments questions concerns please email Com, uh, yeah, email luckitoutpodcast at gmail.com check out all the social medias and the links below and on the uh, descriptions you get Twitch uh, live you get the YouTubes you get the uh, SoundCloud's mastered uh, Patreon you'll get it, uh, the full podcast early and you'll get it in full non-edited review so um, thank you for listening watching Look It All Podcast let me know what you thought about It Man 1 and here is the plot of Hitman 1. Oh, hold on. Before we go into the plot real quick, I meant to mention, I like to do pros and cons before we um, hop into it. The score. That dun, 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 dun. You know, that that is 
that's a that's a hype in an original score and um i gotta say i really enjoyed it um to the point where i've already watched the second it man and i want it more in that second one i like i enjoyed it that much that i wanted it in that second one more uh so cast um the casting like i said i think the majority of the cast in the first movie does a really great job you know antagonists um are you know antagonists a little bit hammy but not too bad uh i'd say the the action obviously it's it's some of the best you've ever seen it looks like people actually are getting hurt um the story the story is a lot stronger in the first movie i'm i'm trying not to compare it too much to the second one because just for the sake of not talking about too much but the first one feels like a complete story as if they might not have um any more it man's after if you didn't want to watch the other ones i i think that you would be okay just watching this first one and if you watch the first one i think you're gonna want more it man in it um in your life so you're gonna want to watch the the sequels as well the pacing in the first one works really well it doesn't it does a fantastic job of establishing who he is the world he's living in the kind of uh the diplomatic uh, bureaucracy he's having to deal with uh if that's what you want to call it uh it, it, it's it's not very bureaucratic at all it's it's uh it's uh, slightly over dramatic in some of the non-action scenes i will say it's a little, you know a little bit hammy with that um but not too bad the way that uh the women treat the men in these movies does have the irking and the feeling of everything is like catered toward the man and i know that it is there is from from the way that we have films in western cultures versus like like american films versus like bollywood films versus like films that are in uh uh like based in korean and based in um uh, you know north northern places in like europe all these different places are going to have different types of um uh politics when it gears towards how we treat each other from like a gender biased and i definitely feel like there's um uh, i understand that this the movie it man one is taking place in 1935 and so you know time times were different but this doesn't mean that the way that we have to write the characters had to be any different. So I do feel like it was a little bit underwritten with the women's treatment in, in the first one. Um, but we do kind of get, a you know, a, a little bit of insight, you know, she, she's, it, it's kind of like the wife that's always annoyed that the, the man has to, to work kind of thing. You know, it's like, what do you want him to do? Um, so it, they, they, they write the women in a, a position of like, you almost end up just insulting them by by default on un, un, unnecessarily so anyways sorry i meant to say all that before we got into the uh plot but here we go for the plot of it man one In 1935, Foshan is a hub of southern Chinese martial arts, where various schools actively recruit disciples and compete against each other. Although the Wing Chun master, Ip Man, 
is the most skilled martial artist in Foshan. He is unassuming and maintains a low profile. He also spokes, by the way. I gotta say, he's a very chill guy. He doesn't like to brag about being a badass. Um, he is a res- he is respected by other masters for the humbleness he displays um, in friendly closed door competitions. So, like at the beginning of this thing, he just has people just showing up at his door, like yo. And trying to throw one of these, one of those, one of these, just casually in between him doing what his chores. He's just like folding clothes or, you know, just practicing some of, uh, some of his martial arts. And then somebody will show up at his door and be like, yeah! It's just like out of the blue. I was just like, yeah, I would be, if people were just coming up and trying to challenge you all damn day, I'd be like, all right, that's a hundred dollars, hundred dollars, hundred dollars, hundred dollars, hundred dollars. And you know, everybody going to be paying to get all some of this. Cause I know y'all, everybody wants some of this ass whooping right here. And any, any of these I do during the, the podcast, this is only with respect. I only wish I could give one of these like it man could. I mean, he literally is chopping, dicing, slicing like half of his em- enemies and I'd say a quarter of the time he could have done like a straight up death blow to the uh, individual to the point where it's like he's holding back half the time. He's so good and he's so fast. I feel like they didn't even shoot. They didn't even have a camera that could shoot fast enough to how fast he was. I was blown away. So this is this was my feeling of the first uh, first little bit of. Um, it man. And so one day a troubled troublemaker named Jan, I believe it's Jan, tries to rescue his kite from it man's tree and witnesses it defeat fellow master Lou in a friendly sparring match. Jan spreads the news all over Foshan. His brother, Lin, a disciple master of Lou, pulls down pulls his pants down in public to show Jan that some secrets need to be kept private. Embarrassed, Jan disappears into the crowd. And so, um, Jin uh, Shan Hao is uh, a rude, highly skilled northern Chinese martial arts master challenges all the masters in Foshan to duels, which he easily wins. Ip's reputation is further enhanced when he defeats Jin, thus upholding the regional pride of fellow southern southern stylists and others in Foshan. The young men in Foshan beg Ip to take them as disciples, but Ip turns them down. So, um, there's this whole setup with, uh, Ip Man basically taking down the, one of the masters in his, in his town and in Foshan. And it's almost like if anyone's ever seen Cobra Kai, how there's like gangs of people that everyone is just part of this like different type of Everyone wants to kind of like gang up and be their own martial arts community kind of thing. And when they start kind of seeing how Ip is part of, uh, you know, he is this badass. They, you know, everybody wants to fight him. And so when the reputation of uh, 
when when the reputation of uh, Master Lao gets uh, you know gets you know revealed that Ip Man defeated him, it's like this big blow to his ego, and so you know Ip Man is he's the big man. He has to say, oh, it's no big deal, no big deal, no big deal, and so he's trying to you know kind of give all give off that. Um, that vibe and i gotta say all of the martial arts through all of this first beginning even when jen is uh introduced and he's kind of bullying everybody um trying to just challenge everybody he goes into town with he's literally just beating up people through the town um he's he's like taking down each of the masters in each of the sections um all of that action, I think, is done a lot. is is done really well. And just kind of a side note, I think most of the action in that this first hour, I want to say, is a little bit better than what's going on in Ip Man Two. Just kind of a side note, just for for that. Um, during the second Shino, um, sorry, during the second Shino Japanese War, the Imperial Japanese army confiscates Ip's house and repurposes it it into their Foshan military headquarters. Ip and his family lose their wealth and are forced to move into a decrepit apartment. Desperate to support his family. Oh yeah, I do gotta say that Ip's living pretty good. I gotta say the original place that he was living, I mean, it looked like, you know, high-ass ceilings, nice-ass art, cool-ass um, paint. I don't remember if there's paintings, but I mean, it, it was just a nice ass fly ass house. Um, and so they're forced to move into a decrepit apartment, uh, desperate to support his family. It finds work at a coal mine alongside Lynn. Uh, Lynn regrets humiliating, uh, Juan, but, uh, his efforts to find his brother and gift him a small metal tin have proved futile. Um, so, yeah, it is pretty fucked up. I mean, it's a kind of a quick brush to the side of, by the way, it's the second, you know, Japanese war, oh, 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 and he's working for the uh, the coal mines and all this sh terrible shit's happened. It's like, wait, 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 wow. It's like so much shit gets like pushed. Uh, it's um some of it is told and uh, just like a few captions, I believe it, it feels like it sh maybe could have been a narration, but some sometimes narrations can be a little bit hammy. Um, but th there's a lot of information that is just like rec recited or given and captioned. But you know, by the way, but a bunch of terrible shit happened to him. It's like, oh my god, um, that's terrible. And so, um, you know, there's this whole section with the army, the Imperial Japanese army. And I got to say, even through Ip Man 2, there is a lot of uh, friction with how being disrespected in China is a, feels like the epitome of that's it. It's like you got to take somebody out if somebody does that. It's it's the epitome of, uh, you know, in in America, maybe don't call us chicken kind of thing, you know, don't call us a coward or something, you know, that I guess it's it's kind of a, of that line. But um, sometimes it, it takes it into, you know, their ego. You got to you got to watch out um, like it, the ego ends up taking you out. And so um, what else do we got? Uh, desperate to support his family. It finds work at a coal mine alongside Lynn. 
Lynn regrets humiliating um, Jan, and he couldn't find the small tin. Uh, give the tin to his brother. General Mariah, a Japanese karate master, establishes an arena where Chinese martial arts compete with his military trainees for uh, for the prize of a bag of rice, which is, I think, is extremely insulting to. I guess the people that are, you know, fighting, it's like you're going to fight for basically your life. And the only thing you're going to win is uh, what you were originally working to have anyway. It's like, good God, this is it's kind of rough in this environment, to say the least. Li Zhao, a former police officer who was trying to play detective hard ass or police hard ass and the first half of the movie and he is just always you know he's always shaking his fist like don't you be doing this uh you know donnie Yen. and uh so a former police officer and ip's acquaintance you know kind of acquaintance he ip likes he's trying to be buddy buddy with this guy mostly because he's you know a police officer he doesn't want to get you know beat up or anything like that when you live over there i, I would not want to be captured by these people um So the former police officer, Li Zhao, now works as an interpreter for the Japanese army. He offers the martial arts working, he, he offers uh, the martial arts working, sorry, the martial artists working at the coal mine the chance to earn a bag of rice, depending on the numbers of Japanese karate fighters they defeat. Lin disappears shortly after his fight, and Lin literally, he's trying to whoop you know, the general's ass, General Mariah's ass. I gotta say, the politics of them being able to find the only black guy, I what appeared to be, uh, he appeared to be the only black guy that was leading the Japanese army. I had so many questions. Is, is, is this what this guy used to look like? I, I, I wonder if he was a darker skinned guy. I mean, but from what he looked like, I know the the color filters might have been a little bit different, but this dude looked like he was probably a black guy, and he was running the Japanese, the Jap the Japanese martial arts, um, you know, army camp thing going on. And I was just like, "What is going on?" You know, I have like more than one question. But anyways, this general is a badass, and so this general unfortunately hits him with the ha ha and then a, a foot i can't get my foot up but he was like ha an elbow right now is gonna be a foot he said ah and then lance like skuh, skuh, skuh. and i was like oh my gosh they did lynn's neck and so lynn disappears i thought lynn was good you know he he was like he was always like what's up it man he was always a cool dude except for pulling his brother's pants down i mean he was always trying to do some good uh, for what was going on, but anyways, I was like, oh my gosh, they fucking scuffed Lin, so shortly after his fight, Ipman agrees to participate, uh, in order to find out what happened to his friend, um, Ip watches Master Lau, uh, defeat one of, uh, General Mariah's, uh, karate, karatekia, what is, a uh, karatekia, um, um, can you tell me what this means? Can someone tell me what this means? Testing, testing. Okay, I guess I have no idea what that means, and neither does Wikipedia. Anyways, 
Uh, Master Low defeat one of Mariah's Katakuria. Lee, sorry, Lou then requests to fight three at once for one more bag of rice. Then, though he loses the match, um, when Lau attempts to collect his winning bag of rice from the first match, uh, General Mariah's second in command, a Colonial Sato, shoots and kills him. And so, okay, so I just want to be clear that this was, um, okay, so, uh, okay, so I, I was a little bit, uh, sometimes the names get me a little bit confused, but okay, so but essentially the guy that Ip Man was fighting at the beginning of the movie, he, Master um, Lau, um, is, you know, fighting all of the general's guys. And he's like, you, know, you can't fucking fuck with me. I'm a fucking badass. Psh, 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 psh. And he fucks all the guys up. He's like, give me all the rice. Give me all the rice. I'm out of here. And then he's getting ready to grab the rice. And then he gets shot by Sato, uh, Colonial Sato, co uh, Colonel Sato, and he kills him. General Mariah points Sato's um, own gun at his head and threatens to personally execute him if he ever fires in the dojo again. He is so pissed that Sato uh, took out this guy because I think he he admires the uh, the Chinese, um, even though they really seem to hate them um, just because they are on the quote unquote other side, um, uh, or you know they're not on the Japanese side. But I think he admires a good fighter, and so. When Sato did this, it was just extremely disrespectful to everybody. And Ip Man at this point is just like, that's it. After witnessing Lau's execution, um, Ip deduces that Lee was beaten and killed after his earlier fight against General Mariah. Um, enraged, Ip demands a fight with Tin Kataria at once. And I know I'm saying that wrong, but I'm just going to keep saying it. Uh... The Kataria are the guys that are outside the ring that are basically his little minions. And they all get in position. They're like, huh, or, or one of these or, you know, I, I don't know. It's they all get in a position where it's like, I wouldn't want to be in the circle of that. I wouldn't want to be on either side of that because it just looks like a bunch of people. That are like, yeah. And so despite having not practiced Wing Chun since the Japanese occupied Foshan, Ip Man mercilessly defeats them all, showing none of them res restraint he exhibited in earlier matches with other matches. Uh, sorry, other ma uh, masters. He takes each one of these guys. Ha 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 ha! Like if this if this microphone was well, those guys, he would hit him with a neck chop, and then with one of these, and one of those, and a coken. I did. Uh, yeah, I did. I was in karate for f three years and i got my black belt probably over 15 years ago so i remember about zero of the karate i've learned but i was a black belt at one time and i gotta say if you don't continuously keep it up then you're gonna forget what you're doing so you just sometimes you just gotta hit him with one of these and one of those and karate chop and call the day and so anyways it man was going so fucking badass i mean hit him with these d d d d d d foot <laughs> and so um Anyways, he shows no restraint, and just this guy going with no restraint is just fucking badass. His skill arouses the interest of General Mariah, 
um, who wants to learn more about Ip and watch him fight again. Ip collects Lou's bag of rice and gives it to his surviving family. Um, this was kind of nasty. I just got to say that Ip should have got a clean bag of rice because it had Ip's uh, blood in the rice. You, are they going to cook that bloody rice right there? Like, what's going on with that? That's that's not safe for the baby. I saw the kid in there. Don't Ip, don't be giving them this nasty rice. You won like 20 bags of clean rice and you gave them the dirty rice. I saw that shit. <laughs> um... Oh my goodness. So anyways, um, I don't think they, I think they thought it meant more symbolism than not, but just give him some fresh rice. So Ip visits his friend Chow Ching Chun. And I, I'm sorry if this sounds, you know, terrible or if I'm saying it wrong. I don't mean it in a derogatory way, my lord. That's literally the dude's name. Um, who owns and runs a cotton mill in Foshan. Um, one day Chow's son rushes uh to i uh, to ip and tells him that a band a bandit gang led by jen is harassing the workers and trying to extort money from them Ip finally agrees to teach the others and train the workers in wing chun for self-defense and this was it was a little bit hammy this is where it was a little bit goofy this is the part of i don't know if you could just teach all these people you know um how to defend themselves ideally that would be a great idea but some of them are you know of different ages some of them are in different shapes of health honestly i was i was watching this and i was like oh my gosh this is this is setting up for failure there everyone's gonna get their ass beaten um it's this looks really bad and so i was really worried when all this was happening because of how I guess easy. Everyone's like, dun, 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 dun. you know, like trying to do the, uh, do the moves and stuff like that. And I was just like, um, I, yeah, I've got, I, I'm worried for like 30 of y'all and the other 10 of y'all are good because you're going to have like weapons in your hands, hopefully. But I was like, I was just surprised that, uh, the extent of everyone just does martial arts. No one uses guns or anything like that. And I understand of why you have to do that because you can, if someone just rolls up with a gun and it's, it's just like, it's game over really. Um, unless they're like close combat and they're, you know, removed, um, from it. So I can understand why it's, you know, you have to stay within the rules of what's going on, but still you gotta be like, you know, um, anyways, that that would have been funny if Ip Man just comes to the uh, comes to the <laughs> Wing Chun and just gives everybody like a, a nine millimeter. It's like here's one for you, here's one for you, here's one for the kids. It's like oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh. So um, when Ip does not return to the arena, uh, General Mariah uh, grows impatient and sends Sato along with several soldiers to track Ip down. After overpowering them single-handedly, Ip and his family flee their apartment and hide in in Master, uh, I think, oh, sorry, in Lee's house. When the bandits return to the cotton mill, the workers are able to fight and stall them long enough for Ip to arrive. <laughs> uh, he just comes out of nowhere and starts whooping some ass. And I gotta say, it was it was it was great seeing them actually defend themselves. But I think that the the film knew that you know they couldn't hold off these people that had clearly been doing these you know 
Lin Jin's group has been doing martial arts so much longer than um, all these people at the the workers have been doing it for only a few months. It's not like they'd be able to hold them off for that long. So I'm glad once they got uh, it took long enough for you know it man end, ended up showing up, and I like how he kind of came in ex mocking the style. Um, um, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Um, fight install them for Ip to arrive. He beats Jin by hitting his right ear with a wooden pole and deafening it. <laughs> he literally knocks this guy, uh, right side up and he's deaf. I mean, Ip can literally hit this guy with a haw oh, or one of these or one of those and, uh, the guy will lose his, he's, he's going to be like, be like trying to get his ear to pop or something like that. It's like the, the dude is Dunskis. Ip warns Jen to stay away from the workers. Ip confronts Jan outside the mill for his participation in Jen's gang, tells him his brother's, his brother Lin's fate. Um, yeah, we do see, sorry, Ip confronts Juan outside the mill for his participation in Jen's gang. And we see Ip holding it back on Juan several times. Juan's kind of an asshole, I gotta say. I, I'm not a big fan of Juan, especially what happened with his brother, and now he's holding up his kite. I do feel a little bit like these brothers probably should have been a little bit younger by the by them talking about like kites and stuff like that, and the way that they're kind of acting, and the way that Juan is kind of... Uh, you know, wishy-washy kind of feels like they feel like they should have been teenagers. They're a little bit old for what they they should have been, but I still think they they cast them probably because they can fight. And I I thought uh, uh, his brother Lin um, uh, Lin was a good fighter when he was in it as well. He he gives uh, Jan the tin which contained his folded up kite. Yan leaves Jin's gang and joins the workers in the res- in resisting the Japanese. Um, so yeah, Juan was mixed feelings about Juan. He's he's got a lot of making up to do. I know he's kind of more or less just supposed to be like the face in the crowd that we you know we feel for when Ip's fighting. But still, I you know he gets a little snotty there. Snog him all down. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, can can someone help this kid? Like, I remember him <laughs> when Ip gives him that kite, he's just like slobber and gobbler and all over the place. I'm like, oh god. All right, can we cut this? Cut. Yeah. Editor, please. Need the editor. Okay, so um one of the gang members informs the Japanese army about Ip. They soon raid the mill, and though Lee suggests him not going to the mill, Ip arrives there to save everyone. As Ip is being taken prisoner, okay, so Ip arrives there to save everyone. Um, I don't remember exactly what happens at this point. Wait, one of the gang members arrives and informs the Japanese army about Ip. They soon raid the mill, and though Lee suggests him not to go to the mill, Ip arrives there to save everyone. As Ip is being taken prisoner, he asks Chow to take his wife and son to Hong Kong for protection. When he tells Chow to do this, Chow takes this to, like, the super extreme. Chow, I don't believe he told... He did... Ip Man did not tell you to take his wife by force, by tying them up and throwing him in, in like a, a grocery truck and taking them to a uh, to Hong Kong. What the fuck? That was intense. I was like, Chow, come on now. That was you sure 
head, man. Like, God, I thought he was like a businessman. And you see him half the time. He's always like rubbing his hands and stuff like this in the beginning, like putting on some like lotion stuff at the beginning of the movies and uh, of the movie. And at, at one point, I thought he was just like a very petite, you know, chill dude. Like, did this guy just like bust up in It Man's place and kidnap his wife and son on It Man's behalf? It that's I don't think that's what he meant. <laughs> it is way intense. I was like, that was unnecessary, man. So, anyways, unless that was like part of the, the legitimate story, I, I might need to check that out. Um. So, anyways, he asked Chow to take his wife and his son to Hong Kong for protection. Uh, General Myra uh, tells Ip his life will be sparred if he agrees to instruct the Japanese soldiers in mar Chinese martial arts. Ip refuses and challenges General Mirai to a match, which we saw coming. I just feel like we can kind of feel a slight predictability in the ways that Ip needs to fight. He needs to fight this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. It's like, all right, all right you can kind of see where it's, where it's going to go. So um, Ip refuses uh, and challenges General Mariah to a match. Uh, Mariah accepts because of his love for martial arts and to avoid humiliating the Japanese people. Um, Sato then requests Mariah to kill Ip, but Mariah refuses since it means accepting that he cannot win Ip fair and square. General Mariah then elaborates that by defeating Ip in a fair fight, he can crush the Chinese resistance spirit, which I feel is one of the major themes throughout probably the entire Ip Man series, if not a lot of Chinese cinema. The Chinese quote quote spirit uh is very strong throughout um their cinema i believe and it, it's kind of weaved in there um i i guess you can kind of equate it to like the freedom that is kind of weaved in kind of falsely weaved in a little bit with american western uh, movies in a way they kind of you know claim all of that i'm not saying that there's not chinese resistance resistance spirit but what i'm saying is uh, in the same vein of how we, you know, kind of, you know, yell that at the top of our head, uh, at the top of our, you know, lungs. That's kind of what I'm feeling on this side, but not as so much in a derogatory sense for the Chinese at all. I, I don't mean that in any derogatory sense at all. I, I kind of do for the Western sense because when we claim all of the the bravery, the freedom all of that there's like so much subtext that goes with it too so I, that's a whole nother subject but anyways unsatisfied with the superior decision sato secretly threatens ip with death death if ill death if he does not throw the match so it's a win sorry it's a lose-lose situation for ip man if he wins he's done if he loses chinese resistance spirit done crushed out of here so um at first the two fighters seem equally matched and i'm you know I'm, i've done enough for the whole podcast so you understand how fucking crazy the the shit is the um the camera work the choreography the action and all of the fights especially this last one are uh some of the best my biggest problem with this last match was it seems like they're evenly matched, but Ip Man is almost OP. He should be Ope Man, overpowered. He is so overpowered and so fast, it's almost hard to believe anybody would have uh, even 
be able to fight him at all. And with uh, the action stunt work, you you can see some of the times they're on like uh, they're being pulled by strings or something like that. But it feels like the majority of the time they're doing a lot of their own martial arts and they're doing a lot of their own stunts. And so that's what the most impressive stuff is about it. The action is just uh, you almost can't compare it to Western cinema uh, at all just because the the Chinese does it best. I, you know, it, it, not the, the Chinese does it best. They probably do it of some of the best cinema when it comes to martial arts. It, I am extremely impressed when it comes to it. I am just blown away. I know Korean cin- cinema when it comes to their actions intense too. So don't get me wrong when I say that Chinese is up there, but uh, this is the most recent stuff I've seen recently. And I was just like blown the fuck away. So it seems like at first, the two fighters seem equally matched. Um, Ip eventually overwhelms General Mirai, inflicting a severe beating through an impeccable defense and relentless blows. So that was the coolest thing. I think that I've seen martial arts um, done with like Bruce Lee to a certain uh, degree uh, in Enter the Dragon, how I really felt. Um, some of the hits, the hits didn't always look like they were blowing when he was shooting because, you know, it was hard to get it back in the day. I'll be honest, you know, we didn't have the, the cameras were the size of Funka honkers. You couldn't move it fast enough. There was a whole, a whole different type of cinema back in the day, but he did it best for when you were doing it back in the seventies. So for what was this 2008 or something like that? This was extremely impressive. Um, when it comes down to the action and it man hitting like he hits this guy just like 25 times like one two three, 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 three and then like whoosh, and then like before you as the guy is still absorbing like ah oh, 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 he's getting hit in the chest and the side and the ribs the back the neck the ah 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 and it man and before he even knows he judy chops him on his head so it, it's like the pain is like a second late it's like they can't he can't feel the pain fast enough hitting him and i swear there's at points where it man so it's like dun, 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 dun. he's like bah, bah, bah. And i swear he just like knocks him out one time or he hits him with a judy chop or something like that and he's like about to fall down and then he grabs him again and hits him all again he's like oh and so it's just it's craziness absolute craziness so the chinese crowd cheers for ip who sees his wife and child returning with chow then just probably escape from chow <laughs> just then sato shoots ip in the shoulder causing him to fall to the ground i fucking hate sato get this guy out of here the this act incites the chinese crowd who quickly overwhelm the japanese soldiers uh during the scuffle lee kills sato with uh ladder's own gun ip is taken away by chow and Juan amid the chaos um, so I gotta say that, uh, I wonder if Sato actually did shoot, uh, Ip in this. I, I, I kind of want to see if there's anything we can find on like the, what's real, what's not, what's kind of, uh, exaggerated and stuff like that. I believe that they would probably shoot, shoot him. I'm surprised it didn't, they wasn't more of a kill shot. I mean, it was pretty pretty deadly i guess if you're shot back in the day in the 30s it's you know probably wouldn't be looking at living too long 
Anyways, I'm not sure if that actually happened. I need to kind of do a little bit more research to see exactly what we found. But anyways, um, the cinematography in this movie is, you know, very impressive from the action with the choreography to the colors of uh, it feeling kind of, you know, dour and drained. You know, you really felt like you were in that Um to the action set pieces where they were actually fighting. I thought all of the different set pieces were, were interesting. It's, I think it's, um, always interesting to see how they are going to make, you know, this fight in this location more interesting than this, uh, I know another fight with another person in another location. It's, it's entirely the location matters so much, even when it comes down to the lighting, to the crowd, are there, is there a crowd there? You know, there's so much about it that you have to listen for. Um, there are several parts at the, the more dramatic parts of this movie where they don't have music playing and it kind of feels a little bit weird and it feels like the music's more beat given a beat towards the action and not so much the dramatic parts, which kind of makes it feel a little bit empty in, in, in certain scenes. But the pacing of this is so fast. At like I said, it's under two hours, so it keeps on going. That that hour 40, 40 mark, you want to hit around that is what you're really looking for. And so, um, uh, yeah, I love the scene of everybody kind of coming in on it, man, at at the end. And there's there's a lot of fades to black in this movie. Uh, there's several times where it feels like they just have a scene, fade to black, have a scene, fade to black. It's a lot of the beginning of the movie, but I just got to say that it's like they. They kind of feel like they, you know, slice alive, fade to black, slice alive, fade to black, slice alive, fade to black, kind of the kind of thing. The most important days of Ip Man's uh, martial arts career, when he, with regards of you know fighting. So a closing on-screen text reveals that Ip survived and has escaped with his family to Hong Kong uh, with Chow's help in uh, 1949. There, Ip establishes Wing Chun school where his students including this is the one i was gonna mention kind of spoiled a little bit early but i i had no idea the entire time i was watching this movie one of his students was bruce lee he came to learn martial arts from him i was floored i was like what i was like what this is the guy that taught bruce lee i was like this is insanity i was i was like it's it's the moment I was like oh i I was floored not knowing that this was the 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 master of Bruce Lee. I have always heard, you know, Bruce Lee was kind of like the martial artist that, you know, we all kind of looked up to from like a cinematic standpoint and understanding from I don't know if he I don't remember if he was in television, but he definitely he's made such a cultural impact at least in cinema that you know, I had never known where he had learned anything from. So um, his background was kind of, you know, I, I had no idea. So seeing that he came from this guy and th the fact that it man was a real guy, it, it just makes it that much more badass. I was just like, that is insanity. Um, I, I had a great time watching this first movie. Uh, it man one is absolutely definitely recommended. Um, you know, it's it's a straight eight, 8 out of 10 for me just from the action alone. If you aren't all about action, if you aren't all about the the goods um, and, you know, kung fu, if you don't like the first 15 minutes of the movie, then, you know, 
obviously you need to just hop on out. It's not for you. So that's why, um, honestly, if anybody was even listening to this, I don't know why you would even be this far in and not know, unless you're just a look it up podcast fan. You're trying to just listen to me, hang out and be like, Hey, um, <laughs> but, uh, anything, anyways, any ways, uh, past, all of these past all of these past all of these let me see okay so it man's final release so wow this this had been an it man's final uh it man number four so they had done one two three and four um number two was released in 2010 uh number three was released in 2015 and number four, the f- says the finale, It Man for the finale was released in 2019. Um, wow, that is uh, that's that's pretty impressive. This it's been going on 11 years at that point. Um, I could definitely see some more of these happening, especially if uh, Netflix sees value in uh, more martial arts cinema, especially uh, with this uh, this type of series. Let me see if I can it um let me see if there's anything else we need to see um okay so although it's not mentioned in the film grandmaster yip was uh, actually employed as a police officer during the japanese invasion that's interesting that they they kind of left that sideways they um giving him like a little bit of background like that might have uh i wonder if he was employed as a chinese uh a chinese police officer or a japanese police officer i assume japanese at that point because they were taken over i assume that they were invaded by japan but i'm just i'm just guessing at that point you know let me know in the comment section if i'm wrong about that um as mentioned in the film, It Man's fighting style is Wing Chun. It is said to be created by two women. Wow, that is very cool. And I'm going to say their name wrong. Uh, Ning Mu and Yim Wing Chun. According to, to legend, a warlord came to marry Yim Wing Chun, but she refused and instead challenged him to a duel. She came across Ning Mu, a Buddhist nun whom she asked for help. Together they created the art of Wing Chun which the nun named after Wing, sorry, Yim Chung, sorry, Yim Wing Chun. Wing Chun won the fight. Um, That is, that is badass. Wow. So, so the, so Bruce Lee's master, his master learned an art style that was created by two badass women. One, one of them, which was a Buddhist nun. That, that is so freaking cool. Um, I, if that's true, that's, that's the coolest thing I think I've ever read on IMDb. And of course I am saying that's IMDb cause you got to take that with a grain of salt. Like somebody could have just made that shit up and just be like, fuck it. But that, that is badass if that's legit. Um, so, uh, Hiroki Ich Ikichi, who played the Japanese general suffered a mild concussion during filming after being struck four times during a fight scene. God, Oh, mild concussion. I wouldn't want any concussion on this. Um, while rehearsing a fight scene, Donnie Yen reported injured, uh, reportedly injured when an axe wielder accidentally slashed the left 
slashed the side of his left eye. Ian also had a maysore onset as he could not raise his right sh- right shoulder due to an injury. Um, damn that that I bet the insurance on the actors like. Remember, like Jackie Chan, maybe Jet Li, Donnie Yen, these these crazy. I bet even like Bruce Lee, probably back in the day. I bet they had crazy amounts of insurance if they're doing all of these their own stunts and stuff like that. That just sounds insanity, like and and painful. Like thinking about having to. I know that the dramatic parts are you know you know few and far between. I'd say it's much more physical than it is dramatic, but still, I was like, this is this is like whoa like so i'd be sore as fuck every day and then you had to go back and do it again um ip's eldest son ip chun his student lee a young and Cheng kwan gold medalist to ha uh, yu hong served as technical consultants for uh the film providing advice on the film's story and martial arts choreography so they had like legit people behind the scenes that were like telling them how it's done Although this is the first film centered around Yip Man, the idea of doing a Yip Man. Is it Yip Man with a Y? Because I'm seeing some places say Yip with a Y. Yip Man as a bit Ip Man. Everyone in the movie says Ip Man. I don't know why it says Yip right here. Um, Ip Man, the idea of doing an Ip Man biopic had been conceived as long as 30 years. Donnie Yen actually was slated to play Ip Man in the uh, uh, supposed first biopic. That was about to go into production in 1997. Um, the film would have also featured Stephen Chow playing an adult Bruce Lee. However, only one day of shooting took place before the project was canceled. That is a totally different movie. It it would have started Ip Man ten years earlier, eleven years earlier, if they would have continued that. And I think that it would have been badass. It probably would have changed a lot of things as well. I think. The name Ip Man is is kind of off putting away. Like, what is an Ip Man? What what is that? And it's like you got to see the martial arts and the fighting to really get involved in it. And so, I honestly, I think this podcast is is going to do really well with the people that have seen Ip Man. But I think the people that haven't seen Ip Man are going to like, what the heck is this? What is this? And if I I didn't sell them well enough on the action at the beginning, then they're not going to be watching it because I don't know if Ip Man is uh, quote unquote. Uh, and a super attractive title and understanding title to Western audiences and understanding what it is. But, um, yeah, I'm really glad I watched it. Let's uh, look at a, a couple more pieces of uh, trivia. In this film, Ip Man's eldest son is portrayed as being four to five years old, but in reality he was around 12 to 14 during 1935 and 37. I think that would have been a little bit more interesting. I wonder why they went with so young. Um, if he was a little older, he would have been like, wow, my dad's a freaking badass, and he probably would have wanted to be more like his pops. Um, the Japanese soldiers in the film wear modern U.S. military ribbons. Okay, um, Let me see. Andy on was offered a major role in the film, but declined due to scheduling conflicts. I'm not sure who that is. Um, at the end of the film, providing what happened subsequently to the fictional tournament, there are historical lies regarding the, uh, regarding the unconditional surrender of Japan in August, 1945. China did not defeat or even have a unified government to fight against Japan. There wasn't just a war 
between communists and military, but warlords after the fall of Manchu's dynasty occupied different areas, making the invasion relatively fast. The historical debate to the unconditional surrender is was it was a result of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Stalin declared the war of war or both. They unconditionally surrendered to the United States and England since um, technically despite declaration by Stalin, the unconditional surrender was a day after. General MacArthur, who was the Eisenhower of the Pacific Theater, oversaw the 10-year reconstruction of Japan and was the first foreigner and individual to have the title of Shogun bestowed upon him. The oppression of the Jap- the Japanese was fairly accurate. Um, yeah, sorry, I thought that was going to be a little bit more towards it man's ending but that was more about the political government now how, how that was happening um throughout the course of the film it man was only struck twice during fights but both of them during the final fight um he is struck two times more by japanese soldiers at one point but this happens when it man is at gunpoint and has surrendered yeah the dude is like untouchable at most of these points like and he he's barely barely has a sweat like over half the people is fighting badass. He's like, I don't want to touch him. He's, he, uh, he would normally make a mockery out of the first people. And then everybody would be like, I don't want to fuck with him. So anything else we got? Mm. Let's see. I think, uh, Donnie Yen is a skilled martial artist in various styles, including Wing Chun, which he learned from Ip Chun, the elder son of the real-life Ip Man. So it just, like, keeps on going. I think this is so cool that um, all these people have passed on this legacy of learning this martial arts to a certain degree. It's just, like, badass. And I'm learning, I think, that they were speaking Mandarin. Sorry, they were... The language they were speaking was Chinese, but the dialect was Cantonese sorry and uh anything else I think that's that's about all of we're gonna cover for the it man review we just passed an hour at this point so hope everyone enjoyed the it man review and enjoyed the movie as much as I did if you didn't hopefully enjoy the review as much as I enjoyed making it for you um let me know how I can improve the podcast let me know what I can do to make the podcast easier for you to listen to um like I said if you wanted to listen to this early patreon.com slash podcast if you cannot financially support or help the podcast it's totally okay it's only if you can um you can also do five stars on apple itunes what do you got thumbs up on the the uh youtube you gotta follow subscribe on twitch do all the things follow on uh soundcloud you'll get it all mastered and early and all that good stuff you'll want to watch and see my face um then i'm on uh youtube as well so be sure to check all the social medias out like i said thank you for listening and watching luck it all podcast could not do this podcast without you on that note take it easy